Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. Synonyms of the word change. Alter. Make different. Become different. Adjust. And every day, we evolve. We adapt. We change. And this is where we talk about it. This is The Clay Young Show. Thanks, Neil. Excited about today's episode of The Clay Young Show here at Podcast225.com, iTunes, the iHeartMedia app, and airing weekends on Talk 107.3 FM. We are going outside of the studio to the great courtyard at Ben 77 Bistro in Baton Rouge to speak with Brian Dykes, one of the owners of Ben 77, and Justine Stewart, the general manager of Don Juan Cigar Bar and Don Juan Cigar Company. I am so excited about this. Now, as we record the open to the show and as we will record the ending of the show, the interview at Ben has already taken place. So let me tell you a little bit about what's going to go down. We're going to talk about uh, the restaurant business, the impact COVID has had on Brian's restaurant and Justine's cigar lounge and cigar retail store. We're going to talk about pairings, wine, cigar, food, all of that good stuff. The one thing I want to warn you about is when I sat down with Brian and Justine to do the show, it was great. And the moment the mics went on, the wind started blowing. So there is some wind that you are going to hear in the interview, don't worry, it comes and goes. It's it's gone more than it's there, but I wanted to warn you about it. It's just one of those things, and I mean, it was really whipping. Had it been a little breeze, it would have been nice, but it was whipping pretty good, but all good. You will get to hear the expertise of these two great professionals, and I won't make you wait for it. Quickly, take a break and come back and get to the festivities at Ben. Podcast225.com. Clay Young here with Jordan Fabry with Infinity of Lafayette and Acura of Lafayette. You know, Jordan, a lot of people are looking at nice pre-owned cars, and you got a bunch of them. We do, Clay. Man, we've got uh, we've got over a hundred on the ground right now. We've got something for every budget. You know, a sub ten thousand dollar car on up to a nearly new, brand new Infinity. We've got pickup trucks, SUVs, cars. Got a little bit of everything. And you also have certified pre-owned Infinities, and the same goes for Acura as well, right? We do. We do. Uh, the certified pre-owned is an excellent program. We have uh, Acuras and Infinities that meet their very stringent standards. It's as close to brand new as you can get. It's a lot of value. Listen, you can see that big selection of pre-owned cars, SUVs, and pickup trucks online at InfinityLAF.com and AcuraLAF.com. That's Acura of Lafayette and Infinity of Lafayette. Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date 
phoning in a cab technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. Unedited, unfiltered, undisputed. You're listening to The Clay Young Show. Back with Brian Dykes, who is one of the owners of Ben 77 Bistro here in Baton Rouge. Ben has hosted seven of our Smoke Em If You Got Em events. The eighth would have been last year, but it got COVID-19. And Ben 77 has the most phenomenal courtyard in Baton Rouge. Uh, a fantastic array of wines and cocktails and a menu that you have to experience to believe. Also with us is Justine Stewart, who is the general manager of Don Juan Cigar Bar and Don Juan Cigar Company here in Baton Rouge. They provide the cigars for Smoke'em. So, uh, ladies first, what's up, Justine? How you doing? So, um, today, and Brian, how are you, man? Oh, I'm doing very well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your vision for this place and how you came up with this wonderful ambiance. Well, uh, Clay, you know, tomorrow, uh, my date's right, March the 8th. We've been here 13 years. Really? Yeah, so 13 years tomorrow. Uh, we started off as the grape, which was in the small section right here, uh, and acquired the wine loft uh, in 2014. And then we just had to figure out how to connect the two buildings. Yeah. So the uh, you know the people from Trademark Properties who are you know the owners or the managers here, uh, we all collaborated, and then the patio came about with this cover, and and you know that's been since 2018, and um, the business has been really good, uh, really good. So, we've talked about this, you've been on the podcast before a couple of times, you have a long history working in the corporate restaurant industry, right. and then of course you've been a long-standing restaurant you know, tour here in Baton Rouge, right. um, and I'll ask you this question coming in, Ben is as much about experience as it is about food, why is that? Well, you know, I've been in the restaurant business 20, 24 years, and uh, I think that you know, as long as you can have consistent above average service in Baton Rouge, you know, we're so, um, I don't know, friendly, so to speak. Right. You, you, you got to have good service, and that's what brings people back. And then, Justine, you with Don Juan, one of the things that you guys provide is a phenomenal humidor, and then you have the lounge now, and you have a pretty good staff over there. What's your vision for your place? If people want to enjoy cigars, why should they come to Don Juan? Uh, definitely with our employees. All of them have great knowledge on cigars. I have Brittany on the bar side, been in the industry many years. She yeah. has great experience, has helped out with running, keeping things smoothly, even with all the COVID crap going on and stuff. But I mean, selection is key. Same with Brian's service. I mean, our customer base is all regulars, pretty much. I'd say 80% is all regulars, knowing their names, having people come back, making sure. All of our employees know about new cigars coming in, uh, mainly getting people coming back with customer service, I would say is key. You know, before we get into the first tasting, I do want to ask about last year, COVID's impact on both your businesses. Obviously, you're in the hospitality, hospitality industry, both of you. 
Uh, you know, Brian, and you've seen a number of things. I mean, you've been 13 years. You've been here through Gustav, the hurricane, and all you know, floods, everything that's going on. How, how did uh, how did COVID in, impact you last year? Well, you know, Clay, it's kind of interesting because um, I got the, <laughs> I guess, the good and the bad of COVID. Uh, been 77, never skipped a beat. Uh, actually, we had several months here where our sales were above last year's sales. Wow. Because we have the outdoor dining, and so many people wanted to sit outside, and, uh, you know, we, we were busy. Even when we were doing to-go orders in the very beginning, people were doing to-go orders, and we would let them sit on the patio. So it worked out. Um, you know, kind of flipped the page a little bit. We had just opened Solera, our new restaurant. We had been open, what, three months? No customer base, really. We're trying trying to be new. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to be new. We're a new restaurant trying to build it. Yeah. COVID hit, and we ended up having to shut it down completely. I had to lay off the majority of my employees. And, um, you know, we were closed for six months there. We didn't, we didn't think we were going to reopen it. And it's back open now, though. It's back open now. Uh, Labor Day uh, of this year, we reopened, and actually business has been very good for us. But it, it was a struggle there when you, you know, you're still paying your rent, you're still trying to pay your employees, and you're closed for six months. And so there's a lot of businesses out there. But then we saw the best of, of it, and Solera, we saw the worst of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Justine? Same concept for us. Uh, retail, luckily, in the very beginning, we only had it shut down for like a week. And then luckily, they exempted uh, tobacco businesses, I guess, because liquor stores were open as well. So luckily, we had the retail side where we were able to open. Our sales were definitely increased from last year, from previous years, our busiest year. Uh, bar side, not the same. We had to close about six months and then maybe six and a half months and we're over now, thankfully, but about the same concept, I would say, as if you and You know, uh, I've got friends in the restaurant industry and, you know, I have a friend who owns a supermarket here in town and he talked about something that I'm sure you both have experienced and that is the battle over the masks. And he said something to me interesting. Uh, one day, a guy was walking out without his mask, and I asked him, I said, you know, what do you do in that situation? He said, you know, it's tough because you want to comply to the rules, but it's a mixed bag to ask someone to wear a mask if they refuse because people can be loud, belligerent, or even violent. Yes. You haven't had any experiences like that, have you? Either of you? With with, with loud uh, folks? And, well, no, you know. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean over the masks, if yeah. you have to tell them to put the masks on. No, the, the biggest thing was in the very, very beginning, because there were so many unknowns, even with the staff here, I mean, people would walk in without a mask, and they had a mask, and it's a very, I guess, uncomfortable situation, yeah. um, to where I... We wouldn't, you know, you know, Mitch, my uh, general manager, Mitch yes. has been with me four years. Um, you know, we decided that we were not going to let the servers have to engage that guest as manager. That's what we do. And so, you know, most people understood. Um, but, yeah, in the very beginning, it was a little bit of an issue. And then everything was fine. But I think as soon as the governor announced phase three, everybody thought COVID never happened. <laughs> and so they just, there's no mask at all anywhere. 
Well, so <laughs> and it's a it's an adjustment because we're still trying to wear the mask. Right. So. Right. Right. And well, you know, Justine, people can't wear a mask and smoke a cigar. So what's your excuse? As long as you're sitting down. So so let's talk about it, Brian. You know, the, you you kind of. Um, you broke my email for a few days when you did this first first time you came on you talked about pairings right. and you were putting things together that people never heard right. of before and all of them worked so as you listen to this right now we are enjoying I guess I should let Justine go first we're doing what would be called a, a pre-meal cigar it's kind of um, light wrapper you want to talk about this yeah. a little bit so we're smoking the Perdomo 10th anniversary champagne line so it's a Connecticut wrapper Nicaraguan filler binder mm -hmm. and it's very I mean it's my first smoke of the day because I know we're going to be smoking yeah. more than one today yeah so I waited to smoke this is something I normally smoke in the morning with a coffee yeah or something light-bodied yeah uh, real smooth real creamy little buttery and you get a little oakiness from it as well and so you know the the question for this and Brian and, and I both are enthusiasts and you know, it's a never-ending journey. The, the, the obvious question people ask when they come in and they start smoking cigars is, where should I start? Correct. Where should they start? Something like this, actually, Connecticut wrapper. Some people like flavored cigars. If that's something you want to try, well, I don't lean people towards flavored. But if that's something, if you're wanting some sweet, yeah. aromatic, we do have flavored cigars. But I try to go towards a non-flavored direction, even if you're a beginner. Yeah. With something real smooth, Connecticut wrapper, lighter. You don't want to start out heavy. You won't want to smoke them again. You might not enjoy it. Yeah. And as you say, this this one is very light, good flavor to it, but uh, it won't it won't blast your head off if you haven't had a heavy meal today, which I I have not. And Brian, when you were on the show, you made a correlation between cigars and wine and that you were talking about the grape and the, the skin, the color, the soil, the region, and how similar that is to, to cigars. And so uh, what do we have in front of us here, this flight of reds? Well, what I did is, because um, you, you said light, whenever, whenever I hear light, I automatically think uh, Pinot, Pinot Noir, yeah. uh, thinner skin grape, a lot of flavor, but just lighter. So you could look at the two lines. You can see how this one is a little thinner, right? Uh, second one is the uh, is the Merlot, uh, which is just going to be a little bit heavier, a little thicker skin grape, right? So just thinking about drinking skim milk and whole milk, right? Same product, right? Yeah. Both milk come from the cow. Yeah. Skim, thinner, heavier. So what I did is I paired the Pinot and I, I got a, something a little heavier than Merlot. Yeah, you, you always want to try and make sure you're pairing like items. If you, if you have, you know, a filet, it's a very delicate cut of meat. You don't want to pair a big, heavy, robust wine. The, the wine will overpower, overpower the product, overpower the, the meal. So thin, uh, I mean, not thin, um, uh, what a bloom. Filet, right? Very, very kind of, I call it like a light steak. It's still red meat, but it's uh, feminine, so to yeah, speak. Yeah. Lighter, lighter-bodied wine. Um, big ribeye, big, heavier, a lot, lot more fat, a lot more marbling. Uh, you want a bigger wine. So, I haven't done a whole lot of wine pairing with cigars because I'm, I'm more, more in the in the brandies or the bourbons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on the wine, I would think it should be similar. So it'll be an interesting comparison that y'all could. It's interesting because I've always thought if I'm going to have like the smoked prime rib here at Ben, best steak in town, 
I want a big cab to go with that's that. That's correct. You're going to want to have that bigger wine, otherwise the, the food's going to overpower the wine. Right? Okay. So, so It's the same with cigars. Yeah. Yeah, how so? so? Like if I'm, like what we're smoking now, something like, you don't want it to overpower. You want to have it kind of like marry each other, matching each other basically. You don't want something real strong wine with something real light. Your wine's going to overpower your cigars or vice versa if you have a heavier, like with a cab and then yeah. the smoke primer, I would have a medium to full body yeah, smoke. Yeah. Alright, so okay, which one? Let's let's try it out here. Uh, so the, 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 yeah, the one in the front's the Pinot, that's the first one. So this is the Stoller. Uh, Pinot, which is going to be out of uh, out of Oregon. Okay. Okay. I think the Willamette Valley. I'm not sure, but uh, um, southern part of Oregon. A little cooler climate, rich soil. Uh, so should have a lot of flavor, like some cherries is what I'm smelling. But it should be a lighter bodied wine. Okay. A lot of flavor, but light on the palate. That's good. Yeah, it's easy to drink. So I told somebody last week uh, who was here. And it's funny how people pay attention or, or don't pay attention. Right. And maybe it's it's the thing. People walk in and you've got an array of wines on the wall. And I don't know that people realize that that isn't decoration, that they could actually buy oh, wine yeah. from you, right? Yes. Yeah, retail, if they want to take it retail, or if they're having a party and need us to pair wines for their food. I mean, we can do we can do all that. But, yeah, we, uh, we do sell a lot of wine retail. So, so right now, there is a huge... You know, vegan, not red meat, uh, string running through society. People still drink reds, but yeah. they say, you know, I don't eat steak anymore. I mean, I do, you do, Justine right. does. But if someone says, hey, I'm not a red meat eater, what what would you recommend I eat with this wine? Um, I would put a nice piece of fish on the grill okay, and get that little bit of smoke. So you still have a lot of flavors with, with the grill or the black. Well, you wouldn't really do blacken because that would be too spicy. But when I say blacken, I mean like just the char, right? Not necessarily the spice. Uh, and you'll get the smoke and a little bit of char. But you have a piece of fish, so it's obviously going to be lighter than a ribeye, right? So this wine would pair beautiful with that. You know, we're, we're moving into the party season for both of you. I mean, Easter is less than a month away now. And that starts with people having gatherings and with the the combination of COVID restrictions lightning uh, and the governor is really kind of encouraging people that, hey, you can be smart, but you can start to gather some. You're going to have more people deciding to gather at their homes than hitting restaurants yes. and going to restaurants. So then let's talk about dinner parties. And you and I have had this conversation off the air a whole lot. Um, what is your philosophy about people inviting friends and family over and the kind of meals and wines and things they should think about? Uh, well, I'm all about inviting friends. I mean, that's what we do. Right? That's what we do here. Um, but whenever you're trying to pair the wine, you, you got to make sure it's crowd-friendly. You know? And so I think if you're going reds, uh, you want to go lighter is always better, right? You know, more, more people are gonna gonna like it, um, and it's just it's just easier to drink. It's you know not as rich, not as heavy, and you know if you were gonna go say with this Pinot right here, I mean really, play you could drink this with or without food. Yeah, you know because yeah. it's lighter. You get into a bigger cab, it, you know it's. I mean, and we like our cabs here in South Louisiana. Yeah, can't tell you how many people sit in the 90 degree heat on the patio and drink a big red cab, but that's what, what they I think like. That's just kind of. Why, why do you?
you think that is? Do you think that's fad, or do you think it's just not depth and, and trying different wines, or is it just people like them more? I think people just like them. I think people just like them. Justine, same goes. You know, I've had guys ask me, text and say, hey, I got some guys coming over either for a game, or I'm going to throw some steaks on the grill, or barbecue. Um, and, and I'm going to come back to you in a second about, I was going to say crawfish season, but you told me something about that. We'll come back to you. But that's the thing. If you're, if you're putting together an assortment of cigars to have people over, what would you recommend? Um, if you know your friends, you know if they smoke often or not. If they smoke often, I would do medium to medium to full. If you have some guys that maybe don't smoke as much but want to do more of a social thing, I would do something more mild, smoother, creamy. Any brand recommendations? Uh, I mean, Perdomo is always a go-to. They have a wide variety. They have mild, medium, full. My favorite cigar, though, would be Eroa, and they have some like the Colorado. You've had that before. Yep. That's a good medium, but they have some like the 20th we've done for smoke them. That's more robust full body, especially if you're doing steak. But it just depends on the crowd, I guess. You know, variety where it's not gonna. You don't want to do all strong, strong cigars for a group of guys. Because I tell people a cigar people will like a cigar will beat you yeah. if you don't know what you're doing with it. And I don't care how seasoned you are as an enthusiast. You know, there's strong cigars that I wouldn't touch during parts of the day when I haven't eaten or anything because they'll put you on your backside. That's yeah. one thing that I really did not realize um, is how a cigar can age and get smoother. Yep. Like never, wine. Like wine. I never, you know, I mean, I can't say that, I mean, I'm more than a social smoker because I know what I like to smoke right. and I enjoy a cigar and, I, you know, I have certain cigars I like to, to smoke after a meal and then if I'm just hanging out on the patio on a Sunday afternoon. Um, but last week when we got together, that cigar you gave me was, what, five years old? I have yeah. one today. I'll give you from 2007. Oh, I mean, when I first it was so smooth. Yeah, she's was... she's got like a, a cigar that that has it, it's when she first started there. So. Yeah, it's like one of my first boxes yeah. I purchased. Yeah. Fonseca cabinet, and I open it. It has a 2007 tag. Okay, wow. I opened it for the first time Thursday. Yeah. It's a 14 awesome. year old cigar. Yeah, but they uh, age just like wine. So, okay, so here's the other thing, Justine, and then I'll talk to Brian about keeping wine, too. Um, that's the thing. I, I remember talking to a mutual friend of ours, Kevin Kimball, uh -huh. about yeah. keeping wine. But I'll go with you. When people buy cigars, you know, they need to get a humidor. And I've told people that if you're going to buy them regularly, you, you need to have a, a proper place to keep them. Because once they dry out and they're no good, I don't recommend smoking them. It's like if wine goes bad, don't drink that stuff. So what do you? What, what's your advice about getting a humidor and, and what do you do when you get one? So once you get your humidor, if it's your first one, you don't need a big 100, 200 count humidor. We have some that are 20 count, good starter. Usually a box is, of cigars is 20, 25 count. So that's a good starter size for a humidor. But the first thing you want to do is season your humidor. What does that mean? So basically you're putting moisture on the inside. It's cedar lime, Spanish cedar lime's your humidor. You want to wipe it down or keep it easier. We have uh, Boveda packs. It's a seasoning pack. You can just throw it in there, keep it in there for maybe a week at most. In Louisiana, you don't have to season it as long because it's so humid outside. All the normally. time. Yeah. So you want to season it first, and then you'll have a humidifier. That's where you put your distilled water or propylene glycol in. That's what keeps your 
cigar is fresh, like humidified. But once you season it, basically that's helping with holding the moisture in yeah. the humidor. Because if you don't season it, it's not going to like suck it up. What about leaving the cellophane on? You can leave the cellophane on because they make the cellophane. And cellophane is the plastic yeah. packaging that some cigars come in. Yeah, they make it where it's breathable. Because some people want to take them out. You can, doesn't matter. I leave them in just because it's easier. But yeah, they make it where it's breathable so you still get the um, humidity going in still. And we'll get to bourbon soon. But Brian, that's the other thing is, you know, there are people who are amateur enophiles. They'll go and they'll get some wine and, and keep wine in, in their homes. But, uh, what do you recommend about that? Where do you store them? Um, you know, what goes in the fridge? What doesn't? Right. How long do you keep it? What te- at what temperature do you keep it? All of that. Yeah. Well, um, not everybody can have a wine cellar at their house. Right? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't have one. I have a nice one here at the yeah. restaurant. Um, but the thing about wine is that um, sunlight breaks it down. That's why the majority of red wines are going to be in darker bottles. Right? Um, but you need wine just needs to be at a, at a constant temperature and dark. So if you want to buy some wines and store them at your house, just go in your bedroom and take your chest of drawer, take the bottom one, lay them, right? lay them flat, close it. Temperature should be consistent, and it should have no light, right? And so it, it's going to last a little bit longer. Now, will it last 10 years in there? No. Um, but if you're buying wines to last 10 years, you're going to have a cellar. You know, you're, most people here are buying wines to drink within a couple of years. Right. But just think about if you uh, buy, you go to the store, you, you spend some money on some wines, and you take them, and you put them in your kitchen pantry, and you set your thermostat for the, for the summer at 78 degrees, what temperature is your wine? Right? 78 degrees, your wine's breaking down. You know, get it as low to the ground as possible and dark is what you want to do. Right. A bunch of guys just agreed to buy a new dresser for their home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then, I've never heard that before. Yeah, and then when you're ready to drink that wine, even if it's red wine, chill it. Stick it in the refrigerator, stick it in the freezer, put it in an ice bath. Get that temperature of that wine down into the you know the mid-60s. And by, by chilling that wine, it's going to concentrate any of the fruit in there. And you're not going to have the burn, what I call the burn. So you open up a, a bottle of red wine and you take that first sip and if it tastes like bourbon, that's a high alcohol content. That needs to be chilled down. It's too hot. The wine's too hot. You just chill it down and then you're gonna, you know, like like you have these wines here, you taste it. You can taste that fruit in them and not that too much acidity. You know, so, before we move on to the next one, you've talked about this with me before. Red versus white. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's, it's similar but different. Kind of talk about the, the yeah. dish. There, there have been dishes. Like I had a, we had a meeting once and I had a, uh, a fish dish. Mm-hmm. And you recommended a Sauvignon Blanc to go with it because of, you know, the the flavors and the, a little bit more acidity. Maybe. Yeah, a little more acidity. You had some lemon butter on top of it. That's right. Sauvignon Blanc has a little more acid. That food had a little bit more acid, so your parents similar similar things. So, so you hear people say, uh, I'm, "I drink wine once a day for the antioxidants." You yeah. know, I drink it every day. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, right. but but there there but there there are health benefits to having a glass of wine every day. Well, it relaxes you for one thing. That's one thing. I think stress kills more people than anything. We just don't know it. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, talking about red and white. 
my favorite, my favorite grape is a Chardonnay. Okay, that is such a versatile, a versatile grape because you can, you can take that Chardonnay, you can grow it in a cold, cold climate, and you can get a certain taste profile. You can grow it in a warmer climate, rich soil, you get another taste. Uh, you can age it in stainless steel. You can age it in some oak. You know, so it's very versatile. It goes with a lot of food. I mean, if you get a really uh, I'm gonna call it a big Chardonnay. You know, a Chardonnay that's you know, say something about a Napa Valley that is aged in French oak barrels. That wine's gonna be really heavy. It's gonna be a big wine. Yeah. I mean, you could put that with a really nice fillet. Throw some butter on top of that and pair it with that white wine, and it'll pair. So lots of people are doing crawfish right now. I was gonna come back to that and their crawfish boils all over. Last couple of weekends, it's, you know, uh, stinking up garbage cans all across South Louisiana. But, uh, okay, so if somebody's having a crawfish boil and they want to kick up the class a little bit with it, what do you recommend? Well, your crawfish are going to be a little spicy, so you probably need something on the sweeter side. So you're probably a nice Riesling. You know, beer always goes good, but we're not talking about beer. Not right talking now. about beer right uh, now. But, you know, when you go and you buy your wine, just look at the alcohol content. The alcohol content's always on on a bottle of wine now. The lower the alcohol, the, the more the more sugar it's going to have, so it's going to be sweeter, right? So you want to get, get something in, in that Riesling or Pinot Gris, you know, maybe something out of Oregon, colder climate, it's going to concentrate that sugar. Uh, but, yeah, something a little sweeter, spicy crawfish, a little bit of, a little bit, and I'm not, we're not talking really sweet wine, right, not right, dessert wine, right, right. but just a little bit on the still wine, a little bit sweeter. Um, that smoke puts a little bit of heat on your on your throat, so you got to match that with what you're drinking. So one thing that I really don't enjoy is if I am smoking a cigar to drink a glass of cold white wine because I find that it's too big of a contrast, you know? So that's why I go to more red wine, it's a little bit more room temperature, so to speak, uh, or your bourbon or a cognac. It's got a little bit of heat, so it matches. So it doesn't affect your palate so much. You're not up and down, mm-hmm. you know, so. And then the next one? Uh, the next one, Markham Merlot, which is uh, Napa Valley, St. Helena. Okay. Uh, you know, Merlot, just gonna be a little bit heavier. Right uh, here, you're gonna taste just a lot more kind of dark fruit, whereas a Pinot is a lot brighter fruit, so to speak, lighter. Ah, and that's yeah. gonna be a little heavier. Yeah, a little bit heavier cigar. A little bit of um, little, little molasses or tobacco. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little molasses. Yes. What's next up after this? So, oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this uh, champagne noir down for a second, so we can see what she's got here for. By the way, this this officially moves into first place as my favorite podcast. My hun- my 268th podcast is my favorite one so there you far. Go. This might become a uh, monthly thing. So before we wrap this conversation, I want to talk with you about that. As a matter of fact, because I think uh, asking people to send in questions about things and uh, and even even to the degree of having people out here I would love that because I, and I know you get it all the time in your years how long have you been in the restaurant business? Um, 24 years so then I'm sure you often get people asking your opinion on things everything from friends of yours to regular customers right? right? Yes and, and I, I do think there's value in that uh, you know one other thing you, you talked about this earlier and we kind of moved on before I got a chance to go back to it you mentioned what you require of your team mm-hmm. and and the way that 
um, that they treat people, and I, you know, I can attest to the friendliness and professionalism of your staff, and not to cast dispersions on anyone else, I'm not doing that, but how do you maintain it in this environment? A lot of people are kind of down on the, the majority age group that makes up wait staffs around right. the country. How do you manage to keep these young people as polite and professional as, as they are? Well, you got to have a good management team, which is what we have. That, that helps a lot. Uh, you know, Mary, who just walked through here, I mean, she's been with us, you know, five years. You know, Mitch has been here three and a half, almost four years. Yeah. Um, but one thing is we, we um, 99% of the time when you come here, you're always going to see um, one of our managers engaging the guest as well. That's right. You know, and they're working working with the servers, you know, to make sure that we, we know what people like to drink, uh, we know um, what they like to eat, and, and we know if they're repeat customers. Yeah. And so that that's just so important. And then number two is they need to know the wine list and the food menu. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you yeah. gotta be you gotta be versed on that. Same goes with you, Justine. You know, uh, Sarah and Nick mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Amari, Amari, who are at the front desk at Don Juan. When people come in, I've watched them converse with people who have that ten thousand yard stare about cigars. When they ask them, "What do you want?" and it's like. I don't know. <laughs> they ask questions first. Like, if you're a new smoker, they're going to ask, do you want to try some mild, medium, full body? Some guys say full body, even though they're just getting into it, but they'll, like, go down and be like, That's hey, not what maybe you want. try something a little smoother. Right. You want to make sure you like it first. You yeah. don't want to, some people get sick and don't want to smoke cigars again, but that's not the case. Wine and cigars, like, listening yeah. to you, it's, like, how similar everything yeah. is. It's crazy. Yeah. But I normally stick to, honestly, Connecticut or something medium that's not going to, like, yeah. make someone sick, basically. So, I want to lose them as a customer. There you go. <laughs> so you, you you sell somebody a cigar that may be a more expensive one, but they're going to take 10 drags off that joker and mm-hmm. say, I'm never going back again. That's exactly you know. right. Um, on average, though, you can you don't have to spend a lot of money. No, to you can get a $6 cigar, $7 cigar. Yeah, $10 cigar. average, $8 to $12 a very good average price for cigars. I mean, if I show someone a $20 cigar, they might tell me, hey, I don't want to spend that much. So, okay, I'll show you a $10 cigar. Right. I mean, I won't go towards the $5 cigars, honestly. I'll go maybe $10 price range. Just to see where they're at. Yeah. See where they're from. So, okay, fact or myth, the best cigars on the planet are from Cuba. False. All right. Why? You can get I know the cigar. answer, but... Yeah. Well, you can get a cigar from Dominican, Honduras, Nicaraguan that tastes the same or better quality. Yeah. And more than 75% of Cubans are counterfeit. It's, at, it's that high percent now. Even in Cuba, in Mexico, it's like, especially Mexico. But you don't even know if you're smoking a true Cuban or not. I personally, because I haven't smoked that many of them, I've been smoking right. since 2007, and I might, if somebody gave me one, I smoked it. You can tell by the band and stuff if it's Or if Cohiba is spelled with a K. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's more so you can't get it type of thing, so I think it's a, it's a psychological yeah. thing. Well, tell me about this cigar. This is the McAuliffe Medallia. So Medallia is one of the master rollers. Her name's Medallia Gomez. She's with uh, Rolls for McAuliffe. Where I did this one, medium to full body. 
It's got, I've smoked it a few times. I like this one a lot. It's my favorite pack of Calif so far. Habano wrapper. So Habano, you're going to get a little spiciness from it, but it's not overpowering. So that's why it's still categorized under like medium to little bit uh, on the full body side. Yeah. When you, now, when you so say Habano, I mean, I, I, for both of you guys, you're, you're savants at this stuff, but people may miss it. When you're telling somebody Habano wrapper, kind of talk me through that. Uh, you know, what, what do you mean when you're saying that? Because, well, Cigars are wrapper, filler, and binder. The outside is a wrapper. There is for this one, wrapper. There is a filler, long filler, filler tobacco on the inside, and then there is the binder. Yeah. So the filler is on the very center of the cigar. That's where they get really creative. The roller, master rollers, and everything, the blenders. That's where you can change the most with the flavoring of your cigar. Okay. So you have your uh, filler. So this one's Nicaraguan filler and binder. It doesn't. They don't tell you like exactly like what. Right. Wrappers are. Uh, and then your binders, what's holding, it's the wrapper that's holding your filler together. And your wrapper is usually actually the most expensive part of the cigar per pound for a tobacco leaf because it has to be the most pristine right. for appearance, the quality basically. So your binder could be basically what it is is uh, the wrapper that didn't make the cut for the outside of the cigar. You know, I don't think people get, and as Brian was talking about wine, I don't think people get the artistry of building one of these and, and the artisanship that goes into it. Yeah, talk about Aging, that. I mean, first, start with a tiny, tiny, I mean, when I say tiny, I've seen it in person how tiny this little seed is. They plant it in a greenhouse first. Once it gets, I don't know, six inches or so, they bring it to the tobacco fields. I mean, it gets taller than me, the tobacco plant. They pull it. They bring it to a big curing barn. That's where they uh, basically, once it turns brown, they'll bring it into fermentation, wine fermentation process, and then aging. I mean, minimum two years aging. Some go for more year limited, up to seven years aging. But ideally, it's like two to four years on aging the tobacco after fermentation process. I mean, it's a long process. It takes many years just to get yeah. one cigar. Well, you've met a bunch of the manufacturers who've come to Don Juan. Mm -hmm. uh, has, Rocky has not been there, but his his brother year, Nish has been there, right? Or did, he was there. He was year there. 2009. Okay, so Rocky's been there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nick Perdomo. Uh, kind of talk about the brands that, if people don't know names of brands that they can trust, yeah. what, what names would you say? Me, personally, Perdomo, which is going to be Nicaraguan. That's Nick Perdomo's company. You have my go-to, uh, CLE. Well, That's Christian. Right? Yeah, Christian Eroa. Uh, he does CLE and Eroa cigars. Rocky Patel, well-known. Everyone pretty much knows Rocky Patel. Another really good one that's been a long time in the industry a long time is Arturo Puente. Yeah. That was that cigar Brian was talking about we had yeah, last week. 2017. All their stuff's pretty good. Um, got CAO, Macanudo still. They're still popping out new cigars. They've been around for a long time. Um, I mean, there's so many out there. You know, your experience, I mean, with 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 you, how'd you how'd you fall into it? Was it just kind of because for me, it just kind of a. I, I think I told you all this story. I went to a spring game with some guys, and after the game, we we came back to one of my neighbors, and he opened up a box of cigars, and we sat, and I enjoyed the camaraderie. You know, it took about 10 hours to get that taste off my tongue because right. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh -huh. um, all I know, everybody kept telling me every two, three minutes, don't inhale. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. 
but that was kind of how I started. I enjoyed the camaraderie. What about you? Uh, from smoking cigars. How did I get into it? Uh, well, after me and my wife were married, Tiffany, uh, 19, we married 90. I guess 93, we relocated with her job to Chicago. Um, and, you know, I was a I was a Coors Light drinker, uh, and work again, and you know anyway we don't want to get into all that. But uh, got up there and it just was a different you know a little bit of a different lifestyle. Love the city, uh, just had so much fun. But anyway, long story short, went to a sports bar to try to find an LSU game, and walked up to a TV that they, only one TV had the game on. And there was a gentleman sitting there, and I told Tiffany, and I'm like, you know, this couple's definitely going to be from Mississippi State. Watch. Because LSU was playing Mississippi State. Turned out they were LSU from, from New Orleans, relocated to Chicago. We became best friends. He was a huge cigar smoker. And just we ended up smoking cigars that night, or a cigar, because I'd never smoked before. Right. Um, so, Clay, that was 1993. Yeah. And Grayson, just he got me hooked. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we just been kind of, it's like a little thing. We don't see each other as much anymore. But when we do, it's always over a, a good good uh, drink, glass of wine, or and a, and a cigar. So, so here's a question uh, for both of y'all. I'm very curious to get the answer. If you were build, building a meal, your meal, if you were going to sit down and say, okay, this is my go-to, I'm going to do this, what does that meal look like? Uh, well, I'm going to have the salad. That's your favorite now is my grilled romaine uh, salad. He, he knew what he was doing. He got me hooked on that <laughs> thing. I, I had it one day and came back and had it again the next. I absolutely love that salad. Yeah. And, um, you know, if it's going to be my meal, yeah. then, you know, I'm starting off with that, that little bit of grill, that little char, uh, and then I'm going, you know, red meat. Uh, personally, I, I'm, I'm a ribeye. I like, yes, I like a good ribeye, a char grilled. Um, and uh, you can throw some starch or vegetable on there if you want. But uh, And then I'm going to have a really nice bottle of a, a red wine. All right. Probably. It's like identical. Yeah, I mean, that's. <laughs> See, he knew what he was do, doing. Yeah, salad, ribeye for Ralph sure. Three. By the way, Mary's coming over and uh, the fantastic Mary to bring in the next flight up. Say hello, Mary. Hello. <laughs> uh, salad for sure, beginning. Steak, I grill a lot. I'll, I always buy ribeyes. That's pretty much the only steak I buy. Uh, actually, some Brussels sprouts with balsamic. Love Brussels like sprouts. Yeah. I love that. And then a good medium to full body smoke. Maybe a little Maduro during this. I'm eating a steak. You said you had you had been at Don Juan since 2007. Yeah, thanks to my sister. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie. Yeah. Um, what have you learned in that time? I mean, 14 years, and, you know, I'll come and ask the same question to you, B, in your years and learning. But, I mean, you've, you know, 2007, you too saw the hurricane and the flood and the unrest and and what I like to call the character of Baton Rouge. I love this town. I think that we, we allow ourselves to be beat on so much, sometimes outwardly, sometimes inwardly, but... You know, I love being here, but what have you learned about yourself and the industry in your time? Well, like talking about the flood and everything, I find that smoking cigars and having our place helps most of our customers that go through flood and hurricanes. Like, we have a place for you to come sit, relax. Um, I mean, I've learned a lot, honestly. Like, I didn't know a thing about cigars, didn't smoke cigarettes, cigars, and my sister was like, hey, the cigar shop's hiring, and I'm like, no, I'm okay. Started, mom was like, no, you need to go work. So I was like, all right, so I started there part-time, got 
for a few years or so. Asked if I want to be full-time. And then started getting into management, assistant manager, store manager. I mean, I've learned a lot with running the business, like retail. Now I'm doing wholesale side, which is definitely different, but similar in certain parts. But I mean, cigars, I've learned so much. The people that you meet, too. Yes, this is awesome. Same question. Same question. Uh, you know, 1996, me and my brother bought a little po'boy shop in downtown Baton Rouge because I knew how to make a really good gumbo. <laughs> thought that I was going to take me to the promised land. <laughs> and, uh, you know, six months later, you realize that everybody can make a gumbo. Well, not every, everybody can make a gumbo. Yeah. Not everybody can make a good gumbo. Well, yeah, but people always think theirs is the best, you know. By the way, people up north, you don't put potatoes in gumbo, <laughs> right. nor do you put it, baby corn cobs either, okay? That's right. Uh, but, you know, it, you, you adjust from that, and, and once we got in it and, and, and being downtown, I feel like, you know, we were we were part of kind of the revitalization, even though that was, you know, Clay, that was 1996, so it was a while back. But, you know, just being in the business and meeting so many people, you know, I mean... You, we met here. You and, and I met through this business. Like family. And Justine met through the through this business, and and um, and you know people always like you know a, a good meal or or a good drink or just just to you know be together, so to speak. You do that at your house around the kitchen table, and you do it at a restaurant. Um, so I think that's you know what I've learned is you know there's a lot of different people, um, and. When people come to my restaurant, it's not Brian. It's not about Brian. You know, it's about the guest. And I don't think we've ever had this conversation. People romanticize about owning a restaurant because so many uh, great movies or so many great family experiences or life experiences have a proximity to a restaurant, sitting and having a meal. And and even with you, I mean, we talked about this yesterday, Justine. People who want to own cigar bars and have their own cigar brand. And like anything, your job is to present a finished product, a product kind of like the duck, calm on the top, chaos on the bottom. And without giving away trade secrets, I mean, for people who want to do it, I mean, they have to understand this is hard work. I mean, you've talked to me about hey, being out of town on family things and either having to get right back or, or deal with a fire from, you know, not a, not a literal fire, but a figurative fire from miles away. I mean, talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, just to, to everybody wants to own a restaurant. Not everybody wants to work in the restaurant. It's <laughs> a big difference. You know, because, talk about that. Well, you know, like when 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 uh, Travis, you know, my sous chef got here at six o'clock this morning to start prepping everything because we make everything fresh from scratch, right? So we can open at eleven. You know, I mean, somebody has to make sure. You know, so Travis happened to he's sick. You know, so Travis can't come in. He's just under the weather. Uh, so. You know, somebody had to be here to do it. So, you know, that kind of changes. You know, you always have to make yourself available. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what, what exactly your question well, was about people is, wanting to own well, well, But just the some of the parts of the, the business that you have to be aware oh, of yeah, before yeah. you venture into this, either with money or with time. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you, you're never off, so to speak, right? So, I mean, we're... we're 
a six-day-a-week restaurant and open to close, but it's not like we show up at 11 to open and we leave at 9 to close, right? We, we show up at, you know, 6 to 7 in the morning and we're here two hours after. Um, so just, you know, and, and you have to leave the restaurant on a Thursday night ready to open up on Saturday, uh, Friday morning, right? So it's it's always, you're always on, you know. Always How do you keep on. your cool, man? Oh, you know, I, mean, I guess drink drink red wine and smoke cigars. No, you hire good people. And and look, and Mitch is great. those people. Mitch is great. Mary is yeah. great. And and we've talked about Mitchell before. He's yeah. he's like you. He's cool. Uh, never really gets. He never never looks ruffled at all when I see him move around. And the same goes with Mary, who was just here. Same thing, Justine. You and and I mean, you have that lounge. Mm-hmm. And and unlike Ben. Um, you know, which is a little bit of a different atmosphere. You've got your place. You have you have to try to keep it from being a bar. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't want Muskogee on a Friday night yeah. in Baton Rouge. So what do you do? Hire good workers, great managers. Thankfully, because I don't have to deal with it as much. Luckily, I got Brittany running the bar side. She's great. She's very stern, so that's helpful with customers. Sarah, same. She's about the same personality, yeah. so I have them running. I just kind of oversee it now, thankfully. Because that's a headache. Alcohol. Yeah. Sometimes it changes people. It's dark red. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has to be a big old cab here. Big Tell us cab right out of um, right out of California, Napa Valley. So, um, Turnbull. Uh, it's a cab, one of one of my favorite cabs. I, I love it. Um, so what I did for you is, you know, the three main red grapes: uh, Pinot Noir, Merlot, Cabernet. And you can actually smell the difference. Like if you smell the Merlot and smell the cab, you, I mean, you can definitely smell the richness in that Merlot. It's just totally different. Um, cabs just got some different, different, different flavors to it. Smells more like a, a, an oak barrel or an oak room. To whereas, to me, this Merlot, I'm getting that tobacco, but I'm also getting a lot of blueberry or blackberry. Yeah. A lot of rich dark, dark fruit, like overripe fruit. I, I tasted um, a little more molasses in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this would be if you were to come in and you were say, I'm trying to get into red wines. This is what I would do for you. Let's see where you're at. Right, right, and then once you narrow down and say, "Hey, well, you know, I really like number two. Okay, so you like this. So now let's take three Merlots from different regions, and let's taste those. And they're all going to taste different, just like your cigars. Uh, and so then we'll then we kind of can narrow down your palate. Wait, wait so. Somebody comes in and they want to get into it. You give them a flight to try yeah, to taste. gauge where they are. Yeah, yeah. And just a little taste. You know, like about a little half ounce to an ounce, four of each. Yeah, you want you want to enjoy. You want the guests to enjoy their glass of wine. Yeah, because it's not cheap. Right? No, 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 no. It's <laughs> not. You're gonna spend 12, 12, 13 bucks on a real nice glass of wine, just like a cigar. Right. I want you to enjoy it. But you know, maybe if we do this again, Clay, the next time, what we would do? No if about it. Yeah. Whenever we do it again, instead of doing three different grapes. We do three different regions of the same grape. Okay. You know, so that's kind of fun. Then you can taste the difference. And from that point, if it's all Cabernet grape, then the only difference is the amount of sun, the amount of rain, or the soil, or the winemaker who made it different, manipulated it. So that's kind of fun. So the next question is about um, evolving and staying, staying relevant now. You know, when you started in the business, uh, 
there was no social media. There was you had to do the traditional advertising, mail, TV, radio. Now people can find out about a restaurant because they take a picture of a dish and they post it on their Instagram or Facebook page, and people are like, "Where'd you get that? Yeah. I got it at Ben Seventy Seven. Or post a picture of cigars. People are big doing that. Where'd you get those? Don Juan. So, and I'll start with you this time, Justine. How do you stay relevant and not become stale because of how society is? I mean, definitely social media for sure. I actually, before I came here, I was at the cigar shop and I had a guy that came in because he saw us post a new cigar called Crooks and he, that's what he was looking for. He always, like, every time we post on, he, like, engages with it and he'll come in and purchase that cigar, send his wife in most of the time to do it. Uh, social media, I would say keeping up with new product, bringing in new items. That's, I mean, we have a huge selection, but making sure we're bringing in the new SKUs and everything for other people to try. Uh, we'll do some smaller boutique stuff more now than we have before, because that's what's becoming popular. So when I determine stuff, I look at social media as well, or cigar aficionado and stuff, and listen to what customers are requested. If I get multiple requests, then we'll bring that product in, and that's how, I mean, our business is steadily growing with social media and, and engaging with the customers. And you've done that, too, because we've talked about it. People come in, they'll ask you about a cigar, you check it out, and, you know, depending on what it is and who has it, yeah. you'll get it. Yeah. And so... People can do that, and sometimes you have cigars that they'll ask for that you have coming right. that may be on back order. Yeah. Talk about that. The back orders? No, no, that people can come in and request a cigar that yeah. they bought in some other state now, or city. I mean, to be honest, if it's one person requesting something, I can't. Because if it's a company we carry already, it's something we can easily get. But if it's a whole new vendor, i got to get sure. more requests for it. Yeah. Because most vendors, you have to do a minimum. So I wouldn't be able to just call and order, hey, I want this box at one customer requested they're going to make me bring in four or five SKUs and we're limited on space in the humidor already so it's a big humidor yeah so I'd, once more people ask about a product then I'll bring it in usually or if it's like I said that brand say if it's a Perdomo which we have all Perdomos but say it's a Perdomo maybe one blend we don't carry but I already buy a lot from that company I can order one box from them and especially if they want to buy a box I'll bring it in easily but so there you go. Something else I'll ask you about, online versus brick and mortar after after this. Same thing, Brian, evolving and, and staying relevant. I mean, 22 decades, two and a half decades of doing it. How do you stay fresh? Well, I mean, here at Ben, we uh, we do a, a twice-a-year roll on the menu. So we're always going to keep, you know, eight or ten wines that people know because, you know, that wine, that person that's not the wine drinker that's going to try something, he wants to have something familiar, you know, but the other 30 wines, we're going to, we're going to rotate those and then try and introduce people, you know, for example, take, you know, hey, this is ABC Merlot, we sell a ton of it, but I know you like it, so why don't you try one of these other ones that we brought in uh, and that you've never had before, and you might find something new. And the same thing on the food. I mean, we have a we have a base menu play that has about 20 items that we've had for 10 years, um, but the rest of them we're constantly changing. And then for the kitchen, what I what we do is we do our three course Thursday, and so chef comes up with three uh, a three course prefix menu every Thursday that gives the kitchen 
um, the ability to be creative and then the guest knows that every Thursday they're going to come in and for $45 they can get a three course meal and three half glasses of wine and it's going to be something off the menu you know but you got to just keep it keep it free you had mentioned the social media um, I gave up social media for Lent uh, this, this year, which actually hadn't been too bad. But typically, I'm on there watching what other restaurants are doing and seeing what food they're doing and what's selling and, you know, just just trying to stay relevant. And, you're, you know, you are one of the... the uh, more experience. I was going to say elders in the business. I won't say that, but one. And I, what I mean by that is, well, you said it. well yeah, I did say it. What, <laughs> I, what I mean by that is, you've been doing it so long, right. and, and you're, you're a veteran is a better word. Um, do, and I find that I've been here, and I've seen other owners of restaurants here eating and sitting with you and talking. Do you mentor? I mean, is that something, or is, or is it just kind of a camaraderie thing? Yeah, I wouldn't call it mentor as as more as um, we share ideas. You know, we have a we have a core group of restaurant people that uh, you know, believe it or not, we're all friends and we talk. I mean, I sat yesterday with, with and had lunch with three other restaurateurs here in Baton Rouge, and and we just shared ideas and you know we all know what we do, Clay. You know, we walk in and can see it's busy or it's not busy, and and um, but we're we're more or less sharing ideas. Um, just to just to uh, to make sure we all have the same guests, right? And so we want to we want to make sure they get a good experience wherever they go. I love that, and it's a, it's a good example for other industries as well. You know, I tell people when it comes to advertising and PR and marketing that I never look at somebody else who's in my business as a competitor. Uh, I mean, my competition is me because I think there's enough to go around for everybody mm-hmm. and if you do your job you'll always have clients and and I never have looked at it that way and so, so same with you I mean you're in town here you've only got the most similar to you is Churchill's and then there's Havana Port down the down the street here and then Rick who's opened uh, the cigar den on Highland but you know you kind of have your own niche as to the environment you set what about you with the other places you know I, I happen to know you don't see people as competition but what do you think about that? The only person I talk to is Rick, honestly. Um, I wouldn't Rick's say a good comp- guy. Yeah, let's not let's not say too many nice things about him. <laughs> I wouldn't say competition. I mean, each store, like you're saying, is different. You got Havana Port. They're more focused on boutique and stuff. We're not like that. Like that's I honestly, Cynthia, if somebody's asking for a brand we don't carry, that's who I recommend them to go to. Churchill's. They are more similar, but sure. we're also different. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Rick's more like. More loungy, like yeah, he's more. more I, 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 d- I describe it like a, a coffee shop yeah. where you smoke cigars because mm-hmm. you know he doesn't sell alcohol. He only sells cigars. Right. He doesn't do house music or anything. They're just chairs. Yeah. You, you smoke. And uh, so, two questions. I was going to ask you, and I'll give you a chance to have a, a, a free rant on the podcast here. Uh, we've talked about this. Tell people who may not realize they're violating protocol about why they shouldn't bring outside cigars into your place or any other place where they didn't buy. Any place. I mean, every cigar shop. I mean, it's hard to enforce, but the whole no outside cigars, meaning you're buying cigars cheap online. Well, that's not helping us. And we have seating for you to sit in, Wi-Fi for you to use. Air conditioned TVs, like licensing, yeah, everything like that costs us money. And I'll have a customer because we're li- we are limited on seats for the retail side before the bar opens up, but I only have six seats on that side. But 
I mean, there's times during the day I'll see the seats are full and one person bought cigars for us. And you don't want to go up to that person, but it's kind of like an unspoken rule. Like, well, I wouldn't go into any, I wouldn't bring my own food into Brian's restaurant and just plop down and take up your seating. It's like a big pet peeve of mine. Yeah, he'd breathe, breathe fire if you did that. I- well, He's laid back, but I've seen, yeah, I've seen the other side of him. You don't want to come in and do that over here. But, uh, you know, and, and as we wrap here, and we will do this again, Smoke Him is going to be May 23rd right here in this courtyard. Uh, the three of us have been together for, you know, seven of them. This would have been the ninth year, but it's going to be the eighth because of, of COVID. Uh, you know, I want to talk with you all about that because, I mean, it's we, the three of us, we put that on. And... We've raised six figures in, in donation money, and we've given 100% of it away. I'm so proud of that, that we give that money away. And you guys both give so much from the cigar product that you get from Christian Eroa to the wines and the bourbons and the food that you've done here. That we And we've taken care of some veterans and some police officers. You know, I know the answer, but for people who may wonder, you know, when we talked about this, why did you sign on to it so easily and have stayed so committed? I mean, we're equal, you know, participants in putting this on. Talk about that. Well, I mean, it's a good event, for one thing, and just the ability to give back, um, that's just so important. Um, you know, these days, you're, you're going you're gonna to reap what you sow, you know, and if you can, if you can give back... Um, I don't know. I, I just think you you, um, you you just build a lot of relationships. You build a lot of friendships, and um, it's it's helped build. I mean, I've gained so many just new customers from that. Um, but it's just the ability to give back. Not everybody's as fortunate. Uh, as all of us and some people need help and if we can do that um, that's a win-win agreed well said what do you say steam same i mean once you reached out to me i trust you with anything so it was an easy yes from us uh giving back with try to help out i mean veterans especially honestly for me like that's always a soft 22 veterans yeah. a day commit yeah. suicide 22 a day the uh organization has helped locals too it's not just like yeah, Taya, they, they, yeah. and you know, Rouge, yeah. And so if people wonder, it's so, you know, we never, not only do we not, we give all the money away, none of us handle the money. So the way we've set it up is, you know, when you buy a ticket, you buy it directly from the organization we benefit. When you come to the event and you pay your money at the door, they take the money. We don't take it. Your team doesn't. You know, Justine's team doesn't. Mine doesn't. Yeah. We facilitate and put this thing on. And, and it's another, you know, Taya and I were talking after the first time she came, Taya Kyle, and she talked about Baton Rouge and just like, it's so different here. And, and I, you know, we can close with this. I really don't think we give ourselves as much credit as we should. Uh, and if you travel a little bit, you go, man, maybe it's not as bad in Baton Rouge as I think it is, right? I, I would totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. We've, yeah. we've, been, we've been very fortunate here uh, in Baton Rouge. Uh, so. Yeah. So, um, okay, I'll close with this. Tell, tell people, if because, I mean, this thing will be close to an hour, and, and, and I want it to be longer because the ambiance sounds amazing, but also to learn, and you guys are, you know, fonts of knowledge, both of you. But let's talk about Ben 77. Let's talk about why this is an experience if you've not had, you should definitely have soon. Yeah. 
Well, I think... Um, or Solera. Yeah, or Solera, yeah. But I think Ben, you know, um, Chef's been with me a number of years. I mean, six six years, I believe. Uh, very, very creative on the menu. And, and I think, um, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into making sure our product's good. Uh, our wine list is good. And, and, you know, we do have a pretty good atmosphere. So live music on the weekends. I mean, you can come and really, you know, have a have a good time. And uh, nothing nothing against the kids out there. I have two of them myself. Uh, but if you're under 18, this is an adult an adult restaurant. <laughs> I see somebody reaching for their phone to make a reservation right now. <laughs> we try to keep it that way, just just for people to be able to go out and, and enjoy themselves. And, and uh, uh, we've been fortunate 13 years, Clay. We've been where is it? Tell people where it is if they're not familiar with Baton Rouge. Oh, we're uh, in Perkins Road, which is a uh, development right on the corner of uh, Blue Bonnet and Perkins Road. Uh, you can you can uh, access us from Blue Bonnet or Perkins. Uh, we're on the corner of uh, Perkins Road and Grand Street, across from uh, Z Gallery. And uh, Monday through Saturday, uh, lunch and dinner. Look, I recommend the place, and, and Brian knows I come here and... and spend money and enjoy the atmosphere when my office was up the street it was so great to come here and sit outside and on the occasions that you'd find Kirk Holder playing music out there out there thinking about you too Kirk um, and that you know he's he's so great Brian has various you know you know musical groups that he had regularly during non-COVID times and I look forward to getting back to that on the, on the regular what about Don Juan both cigar bar and the cigar retail spot Definitely atmosphere, I would say. Um, you'll feel comfortable anytime you come in, even if you don't know what you want to purchase. We have the staff is great, both sides, uh, cigar side. We have great staff with, I mean, cigar knowledge. So if you don't know what you want, I mean, they easily can help you out. Um, customer service is key for us. Bar side, we want to keep it laid back, and we want to be true to a cigar bar, not like you were saying earlier, bar bar. Um, just more laid back, social, enjoying cigars, hanging out. Also have Brittany running. She's excellent as a manager on that side. Um, we are in Town Center, which is in the same parking lot as Whole Foods. Uh, who people don't know, know where, where that's Whole at? Food, yeah, yeah, people know where, 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 where every Whole Foods in a town is. You find it. Different hours on each side. So the bar is open Monday through Sunday from 2 p.m., currently closing at 11 just due to COVID restrictions um, right now. Hopefully we'll be able to change that soon back to midnight. Uh, retail Monday through Saturday. We open at 9 a.m. Close at 8 p.m. And on Sundays we're open on the retail side from 12 to 6 p.m. Um, we also actually coming up next Thursday we're actually doing our first cigar event in literally a year because of COVID. So it'll be with McAuliffe Cigar Company. And that's on the 18th so you're hearing that this week you're in this show uh, that'll go up on Thursday the 12th I believe okay. Thursday is and that'll be a week from the yeah. day the show drops so that'll be our first in-store cigar event that we've been that we've done in a year and that'll be McAuliffe Cigar Company and we'll have our cigar rep Jason Rodnett there good friend of mine and he'll be helpful talking about they have I think we have about eight SKUs from them hopefully we'll have the limited edition in time for that event um, and he'll talk about the McAuliffe Ambassador Program 
It's a cool little, they do like a little tasting uh, passport basically. And uh, I think they're doing it free that night for you to sign up. So it'll be a cool experience to, especially having an event back into the stores in a year. So. Well, you know, it's great. It, it looks like a wine boneyard here in front of us here. I'll get a picture of this table and, and post it when the show drops. Uh, anything else that we missed? Anything else you want to say? Listen, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. You're, the, you're the best at what you do, both of y'all. And uh, I still got a lot of cigar left, and, and uh, there's some wine left here, too. So we'll come back and wrap it up and talk more about Smoke'em 2021. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting. Okay, is someone shot? Yes, someone is shot. The Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young. Just some suspicious people running through the parking lot before. Real stories. It was my first love. Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. The Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young exclusively at podcast225.com. Expecting mothers and fathers? Family Roads Healthy Start Community Action Network wants you to stay healthy as we deal with the reality of COVID-19. Here are five tips to help you and your unborn baby. Keep prenatal visits to ensure good health of you and your baby. If you need help, Family Road Healthy Start has case managers who provide one-on-one support and is enrolling expecting mothers and fathers now. Stay safe by washing your hands before or after any encounter. You, your family, and children should wear masks in public. Pregnant moms, stay home if possible. If not, limit all outings and keep any additional family members such as your children home. Stay informed by getting all current information on COVID-19 from trusted resources. And finally, stay prepared in the event you may develop symptoms or test positive for the coronavirus. For additional information, visit womans.org. To enroll in Family Road Healthy Start, call 201-8888 and give your baby and family a healthy start. We'll get through this together. Insight, analysis, and motivation from the who's who in the capital region. This is Podcast225.com and The Clay Young Show. Cannot tell you how much fun that was. It was windy, windy, windy out there today, or out when we did the show. <laughs> it was I mean, when I sat down in the in the courtyard at Ben Seventy Seven. There was no wind, and as soon as the mic came on, it was just it was just like a in in the middle of a hurricane. But it was great. I think you got the the general feeling of the atmosphere, and you got a chance to experience the knowledge and the experience of Brian Dykes and Justine Stewart respective uh, respectively from Ben 77 Bistro and Solera and Don Juan Cigar Company and Don Juan Cigar Bar it was fun we're going to do more of those i mentioned in the interview segment about smoke them if you got them 2021 and it is going to be on May 23rd at Ben 77. We're securing all of the details now. Hopefully, everything will be rolled out to you guys just after Easter, and you can make plans to be there. It's going to be limited ticket limited tickets this year, even though we're out of the heaviest part of the COVID restrictions. We just want to be careful about it because you never know where things are going to go. I'll tell you this. I'm looking forward to it. We skipped last year. This would have been the ninth year. Last year would 
was going to be something special. And then, and we had a couple of surprises in there and then COVID-19 happened as we record this show a year ago this week, the coronavirus was, de- was declared a, a pandemic and it was, and we were really beginning to learn about what this situation is, but we still had no idea. As I record this today, I just found learned about the death of another close friend earlier this week in Baton Rouge, a friend of mine, Davis Rohr, who was very, very important to downtown Baton Rouge and the city as a whole, very progressive thinker, a hard worker, had spent more than three decades helping to move this city and this region in a positive direction, and he succumbed to complications from COVID-19 earlier this week. So my thoughts and prayers are with Davis's family. And as I said on social media, his legacy is in concrete. He absolutely was one of the groundbreaking people here. And if you're from this region, you already know about it. But Davis Rohr and then, of course, another friend of mine who passed away. And I won't say who it is because as of the recording of this close to the show. It's so recent and I don't want to don't want to put his name out there, but another great man who has been a guest on this show a couple of times. And so it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. Life is so short. It is so short, too short. And I think we need to all make sure we get that. And, you know, sometimes people come into your life for seasons. Sometimes people are meant to be pillars of your life either way as long as people are there you try to treat them the right way but it is certainly too short to waste on experiences people frustrations whatever you want to call it that don't add value to your life so treat those who give value to you with with really really um the word escapes me just 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 again this is i just found out about this the death of my friend within the last 30 minutes so it's just kind of kind of crazy but uh treat people that matter with with the importance that the relationships require how about that all right on social media at clay young br on twitter clay underscore young br on instagram clay young on facebook and until the next time we speak again life is short people value it enjoy every day because the days are counted get the most out of them And I'll catch you next time. Our guest next week on the show is going to be the lieutenant governor of the state of Louisiana, Billy Nungesser. Uh, He'll be in here to talk about the impact COVID has had on tourism in Louisiana and the game plan for 2021 as we move away from what we hope, knock on wood, are the heaviest impacts of this virus. Until the next time, you guys have a great one. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show. 